0: Hi, listeners! Welcome to episode forty of Define Normal. I'm your host Shelby, and this week we have a solo episode about the new New York, or new to me. So, if you're new here, (laughs) I just moved back to New York after a little hiatus during COVID. If you're not new here, you know that whole backstory: Ohio, Chicago, all that jazz. I am officially back. I signed a lease in Bed Brooklyn, and I. Have been here. I just signed my lease and I moved in on December 15th. And then I had to fly to Ohio the next day because I was on a wedding on the 18th. And then I officially came back the day after Christmas. So I've been here since the 26th, settling in, getting to know my new neighborhood, all that jazz. So the new, the reason I say the new New York is post COVID New York is definitely different. So everyone I I don't know like I'm on New York TikTok probably because I live here and I follow so many people who live in New York and make New York content but if you're not there's all this talk about like what New York is like like there's all these new bars like because of the COVID deals um, on apartments in 2020 and 2021 there's a, a lot of switch up in the neighborhood so like there's a lot of jokes about how the West Village is the new Murray Hill. I'm not going to comment on that or really go out in the West Village like that. I don't know the vibes. But um, a lot of the neighborhoods... I used to live in Gramercy on 19th and 1st, which it's a joke that they call it Gramercy. I'd say it's like on the border of Sty Town and East Village. But I got the fancy real estate title of Gramercy. And I lived there and I was actually in my old neighborhood recently and it was skewing very young. But I wouldn't say that's new but i've just been assessing like all the different things that have changed about new york since i've been back some of which are interesting some of which are expected so the first one is like the covid deal situation like everyone is talking about how they got these sick deals in their apartments and now and now people who weren't able to get leases that were two years are kind of like okay my rent's going up and some landlords are being cool, and I'm seeing like, you know, like a $200 increase, a $300 increase. Some landlords are like, oh no, it's going up 1200 it's going up 1500 I saw a girl on TikTok post, her rent is going up almost two grand, So that's a disaster. I'm so sorry to her. I'm so sorry to those people that's so, like, I mean, I cannot imagine. But that's been interesting too. Like, so the demographics of the neighborhoods have changed. Um, some places have closed, new places are opening up. Um... There's also been, like, a lot of transition. So since I have been out of New York, I left March 15 of 2020. Um, And then, like, I still had my apartment. So I was chilled with my parents. And then I came back, got rid of my apartment in February 2021. So I haven't had a home here since then. Um, I've been visiting frequently and staying with my college roommate, Natalie, and her boyfriend, Stu, who happened to have a two-bedroom. Shout out to them for letting me be their third roommate. Um, so I've been crashing there a lot during my visits, but I haven't had a home here since February um, of last year. So I almost went like a year without having a New York apartment, which is the longest I've really been away from the city since I moved here in 2016. So lots of observations, lots of just people moving. So I guess like the most interesting thing about it is the city's changing. Things don't stay open as late. So like obviously bars still open to like, or stay open to like four in the morning, but just because of like the COVID traffic, like I've noticed or lack thereof, I've noticed that some restaurants like close earlier, or like their hours have changed, or the days they're open have changed. So that's been interesting because, like, obviously New York's whole thing is the city that never sleeps. And I saw a TikTok yesterday. I'm sorry, you guys know me and TikTok. I'm referencing it all the time. Um, I saw a TikTok the other day where the girls like the city sleeps though. The city's been sleeping, and so that's kind of a mood. Like the city is is sleeping. Um, things do close it's still like, I mean, there's, there's still a lot of activity going on, but certain things are like different hours. Um, a lot of new restaurants and bars have, have, um, have popped up. So I find myself after living here for so long, I moved, like I said, in 2016. And then I interned here for nine months in 2013. And it's like some of the places that I've always known, I'm like, Oh, that's not open anymore. Um, Or, oh, this bar is this now. So it's been like a little bit of a learning curve for me too. But I also say it's just interesting because my friends are starting to leave. So um, Natalie, who I referred to, moved to Columbus, which is great. We're happy for her. New big girl job. She's killing it. But obviously, miss her. And then Amanda, who's been on the podcast previously also, has moved to Milwaukee. So those are like my two college roommates, Three Musketeers vibes. We did a lot in New York together. Um, and I mean have lived basically in each other's orbit since 2011 so it's really interesting to see like people move away one of my good friends also moved to Pittsburgh so it's like it's been interesting to come back and have like core members of my friend group who don't live here anymore Um, which is like it's it's interesting because it hasn't gotten to the part where it's hard but it's like an obvious space where you're like oh like I'll just go to Nats and like see what she's doing or like Oh, like, because we always still have walking distance of each other. So I think that's also, like, contributing to the newness. But I think that aside from missing the homies, I'm, like, feeling this opportunity for, like, a new New York. And I know it sounds, like, very cheesy and optimistic of me. But when I moved into this apartment, I was feeling like, okay, this is a new chapter. I mean, everyone says that. Gets a new apartment, gets dramatic. And it's like, new chapter, like, new apartment, new me. But, like, it just feels like different energy. I feel like a lot of the way I think about living in New York has shifted. Like, when I first uh, got my apartment on 19th and 1st, it was the first apartment I lived in alone. I was very proud of it. It was a little shoebox. I worked with Elaine, who is amazing, to design my apartment. It was on apartment therapy. It was, like, my little perfect space in Manhattan. And I had lived in Brooklyn previously, so I was, like, excited to have a city apartment. I hadn't lived in the city as an adult. I lived in the city as an intern, but I'd never had like an apartment I paid for by myself in the city, probably because I worked in media and literally could not afford it. So it was like a really big deal when I signed the lease on the place in 19th and 1st. I was like, yes, she's a city girl. She can afford it, barely, but it's happening. And I love that place. It was tiny, but like the lifestyle of New York has just changed. So when I moved into that apartment, I was never home. I was working at Facebook. I moved to that apartment because I could walk to the office. So I was like a 10 minute flat walk to the office and I would eat, I kid you not, every meal there. I'd wake up, go to a workout class, come home, shower, eat breakfast, lunch, and then dinner at Facebook. And then like go out with friends or like walk back home and chill and like do it all over again. So the function of that apartment was different because although like, Beautifully decorated. We'll link apartment therapy article, shameless, shameless plug. Um, But I, it was perfectly decorated. It was like my little oasis, but like it had one closet, like a joke, one closet for, if you know me, I own a lot of clothes, a lot of shoes, like literally, I don't, it was a mess, no storage. My kitchen, if I made anything in the kitchen, which let's be honest, I rarely did that. I was like sprawling across the kitchen because It was a tiny, it was like a stove, half a countertop, a sink over, that's it. No dishwasher, like four cabinets. So I knew when I came back to New York, that wasn't the vibe. Um, Not only am I a different person, I've been spending all this time in houses, like stayed with my aunt and uncle in Chicago, stayed with my parents, like I've been in open spaces. Now I'm not naive, I knew I was moving back to New York City, so I wasn't like, okay, like I need to have a mansion. But I was like, all right, like my my criteria is a little different. We can't have a shoebox apartment. I work from home. My company is remote. So I spend some time on the West Coast, but like day to day, I don't have an office that I go to. I very much work from home. So I was like, okay, I need space to work from home, but I also work out in my home. I wanted to like be able to entertain people because I love to have people over. Um, the little apartment on 19th and 1st didn't stop me, but like it was a tiny space. I like had 20 people at my house for night. I don't know how we did that, but we did it. And I don't know. I just had different requirements. So I was, I wanted to move back to Brooklyn and most of my friends moved, moved to Brooklyn during the pandemic if they didn't already live here. And I love the Brooklyn vibe. I think the only reason I left was because of convenience. Like I would be out and about in the city. Facebook was, I mean, incredibly social. So it would be like late night, happy hours, all types, I don't know, like all the things that you do, like happy hour, running around, going to friends' houses, all those things. And so I'd be doing those things and then it would be like 9 p.m. and I'm like, damn, I have to commute back to Brooklyn. So we had to let that go. Like that's ultimately really why I moved to the city. I hate commuting. I'm a commuting princess regardless of what city I live in. If it takes me longer than 30 minutes to go, to go somewhere, I don't want to go. And 30 minutes is even, it's a bit of a stretch. So I used to be so annoyed after like a fun night out on a weekday or like a weeknight. It's like, I've been out all day. and Now I have to commute like 30 or 40 minutes, depending on how the train's running. You just never know. So that's ultimately what drove me to move to the city. But anyway, now that all those factors are irrelevant, no office, um, social life is kind of morphed. Most friends live in Brooklyn. It's... I was like, all right, she's going back. She's going back to Brooklyn. And so that's been interesting too because, I mean, I haven't I haven't lived here in a while. I haven't lived in Bed-Stuy since 2016. It's actually where I had my first apartment uh, in New York when I was working at Condé Nast. So it's nostalgic and it's fun though. Like I've been like getting to know my new neighborhood and like going out and kind of seeing what the vibes are. And it's awesome, but I think what's funny is, like, I always thought living in the city was a superior experience, probably because uh, if you watch, like, if your only reference for New York, which mine was until I lived here, was, like, movies and TV, and, like, I've been with my family, but when you're a tourist, like, you have really no idea of the context of the neighborhoods outside of, you know, where you're going to eat and where you stay in a hotel, all that stuff. So I was, like, I don't know, like city over Brooklyn. If you watch Sex in the City, like that's the whole theme. It's a whole this drama when Miranda wants to move to Brooklyn. So it's never thought of that as like the ideal situation. And it's so funny to me because I spent most of my time living in Brooklyn and like for the way I want to live in New York, it is the superior situation. It's also interesting because a lot of friends have moved, like going into this whole theme of the new New York. As many of my friends leave, also new friends are coming in. So I've had a couple friends from other cities move to New York or just like people who wanted to change. I've also just met people who I didn't know previously out who are new New Yorkers. And it's been interesting to talk to them because everyone kind of has their idea of what they want, right? Like going back to that concept of um, watching Sex in the City and and visits and that kind of stuff. Like everyone has an idea of what they want New York to be. Like, I want to do some time in Manhattan first or like, I want to live on the Upper East Side because that's where they lived in Gossip Girl. I want a place by Central Park, or like I want to live in Williamsburg because Dan Humphrey lived there in Gossip Girl. For the record, Williamsburg is bougie. I got don't let Gossip Girl fool you. That's like expensive Brooklyn. That's Whole Foods, Soul Cycle Brooklyn. Lovely, lovely place, but like it's not, it's not cheap to live there. So any, anyway, I say all that to say it's like. I think we get so skewed on what we see and what we hear um, that it can be hard to define your New York. So I think what's been really fun is as I come back, I'm defining like what I want my New York to look like and for me, it's like a really big focus on community like since I've been away from my community in the city, you know, I guess on and off for like a year, um, I just want to have a space where they come over and it's easy to get to them and we see each other frequently. Like I don't want to, I kind of want to live in like a pod, um, which has worked out. Like a lot of my close friends live, uh, pretty close to me or like an easy train ride away. And so community was really important to me. I wanted some outdoor space. We got that. I have like a great little patio off my living room. I also have a rooftop in my building and my apartments weren't stabilized. So it's like she hit the jackpot. Um, I still, like, have dreams of buying a place in New York. I kind of started that process, uh, like, while I was in Chicago, like, doing some pre-approvals and stuff, and buying a place here means, uh, like, it's, buying a place here is going to be daunting. I don't know that, I'm ready to take the plunge, so for right now, we're in our little rent stabilized apartment. I was looking at places, and it was just, that's a whole podcast episode for another time, but I was looking at places and just being like, okay, so, Not loving that. Is that what I can afford? So um, we will revisit the buying because it's definitely like a goal of mine to own a place here. But for now, I'm really enjoying um, the rent-stabilized, cute little apartment with outdoor space. I have two closets. I have two giant closets, um, a living room that's pretty big, and I have a real kitchen now. So and like a little space for my desk. And it's interesting because if you would have asked me pre-pandemic, if this is how I wanted to live in New York, the answer is probably not. But it's so interesting how like the pandemic has shifted all of our thoughts. Um, some friends use the pandemic to like get apartments in like n- like neighborhoods that they typically wouldn't be able to afford to live in or like get apartments that they typically wouldn't be able to afford because it's like we had the opportunity. So I think that's an interesting path too. But what I keep telling people is like it's all about defining your New York. So I kind of started talking about that. How community was really important to me. My space is really important to me, and also just like, as I get older, paying attention to what I want. Like I think as much as I'd like to not admit this, I have a I have a very strong personality, but I don't like to admit that I can be easily influenced. So, and I'm I'm sure we all can. And in the times of social media, you see something, you get a data point, and you suddenly think like, oh, like how do I fit into that data point? How do I fit into that reference? And so. Going back to the whole idea that like the city is more desirable, it was hard for me to be like, okay, well, do I want to live in Brooklyn? Because there, there are very much people who like never come here, don't know the neighborhoods, cross the bridge. Oh no, not me. And I'm like, will those people come to my apartment? Will those people like give me that energy every time I say, like, oh, I live in Brooklyn, or like, make a big deal if I want to do something at my house because it's not in the city, or like when people visit you, like. When I was living in the city, people were like, oh, like, she lives in Manhattan. Like, that's easy because we can go do all the touristy stuff. Um, so I kind had to get through, like, the thought process of am I moving somewhere that's, like, not as desirable, which is very silly. But, like, I have to admit is a thought process that I had. And also thinking about, like, my identity. I don't think I really uh, thought that hard about, in previous apartment hunts, about, like, what my identity means to where I want to live in a city So to explain what I mean, when I was living in Chicago, which is arguably one of the most segregated cities in the United States, I opted to live in Lakeview. Um, I lived with Amanda, who I mentioned before, my college roommate, and we had this apartment. It was great in Lakeview. So we could walk to the lake. We were pretty close to Lincoln Park. We lived near Trader Joe's, like anything you could want, we lived near. It was easy to get to work. And so it's funny, I moved into that apartment and I was like, okay, wow, like no black people really live over here. Like the one black person who I knew in that area is one of my best friends to this day because he was like, yeah, we're going to be friends (laughs) because there aren't that many black people over here. And so I've never thought about that in terms of where I live and how I experience a city. I've never thought about it that intentionally. I won't say I've never thought about it, but I've never picked where I'm going to live based on that metric. So This time around, when I was curating um, my space and where I wanted to live, I was like, I want to live by other people of color. Like, just moving to New York and how diverse it is, I thought about my Chicago experience and how like, it wasn't that diverse at all. I lived in a very white neighborhood. I went to bars where there were mostly white people. And if I wanted to have an experience with people of color, I really had to go out of my way. And honestly... After all the Black Lives Matter stuff that happened, after living in New York for years and just knowing myself, I'm like, I don't want experiences where I have to go out of my way to find someone who looks like me or find someone who just isn't white and inexperienced. We live in New York City. That shouldn't be the case. So that was kind of a big driver in the situation, too. I'm like, I want to be in a space where it's a little more diverse or maybe a lot more diverse. So... That's stuy is and it's great. Like there's such a good mix of people here. Uh there are a lot of young professionals. Um, there are a lot of natives to the neighborhood. And I just I love the building. There's like a community in my building already. My super's awesome. Um everyone I've met has just been really lovely. The local spots have been great. Um and I'm just overall happy. I feel like I'm on the way to curating the New York experience I want. But I think a key to that Is and like I admit it is like not paying attention to all the noise because there's so many ways to experience New York like or any city I think you can apply this logic to any city there's so much to experience but you have to think about what you want to experience versus like what someone else's preferred experience is and I think for me to take it really deep whiteness is often centered in these experiences like if you think about I told you guys we're taking it deep if you think about like your high school, or um, where your parents bought a house, often the most desirable neighborhoods. And I mean, my family is not exempt, as I've spoken about before. The most desirable neighborhoods end up being in predominantly white spaces, for a lot of reasons that are systemic, right? Like redlining, um, systemic racism, like people not renting to people of color, uh, financial hardship, etc. Like there's a multitude of reasons why that's the case. But the most desirable neighborhoods in New York City is not exempt are also typically not diverse. So when you think about what's more, what's most desirable to you versus what's most desirable to, um, like what's most desirable to me as an individual versus what is most desirable to like templated New York City is very different. So I was having a conversation with a friend recently and he was like, you know, I was saying something about like, how I was choosing where I wanted to live. And he was like, oh, you would totally, like, live in the West Village if you could. Like, I remember a version of you who, like, would have lived there. And I said, you know what's funny? Like, this, picking this apartment is the first time where I've been, like, Again, I haven't been paying rent for like a year. So it's like I save money. I like make more money than I did when I got my first apartment here. And I'm like, great. Like I can kind of choose where I want. I have more flexibility than I probably ever have had in where I'm going to live. And I'm not actually choosing to live in the West Village or Chelsea or the East Village or any of those places that people are pegging as places that I'd want to live. But I think it's because I don't really care about what people think is desirable. I actually care this round more about curating the New York I want and to me the times I felt best in New York are when I really knew my super and I really knew my neighbors in my building and I went to my bodega and they knew my name and I like that I this is my home this isn't somewhere I'm living as like a transient person like I don't know when I'll leave the city and I like to experience it as someone who really lives here when in my former neighborhood I loved the convenience but like no one cared that I was there (laughs) I don't like no one really cared it wasn't it's like cute you have an apartment here I went places frequently where were like I no one really knew who I was like it doesn't matter it was just kind of like you're another person who lives in this ecosystem so although I miss the Trader Joe's being very close to me that's a whole other thing like Trader Joe's are always like being by Trader Joe's is the New York gold standard old apartment was very close to Trader Joe's we've let that go this apartment is like a five minute uber bus ride train situation so it's fine but still I'm just like kind of looking at New York through that lens of like what I want it to be this time around. And the first time I moved, I was 23. So I was a different person and I had different opinions and different ideas of what, you know, I mean, first of all, I could go out way more than I go out now and I wasn't working from home and just a lot of, a lot of factors. So I'm trying to settle into the fact that I see a new New York for myself and New York itself is changing and like leaning into what I find to be important here. So like I said, for me, that's community. It's seeing people who look like me. It's also like not living a TikTok New York lifestyle. I think there are a lot of videos and I mean, it depends on what corner of the internet you're on, but there are a lot of videos that are like people going to fancy places where cocktails are $18 and like getting carbone reservations and like doing all that. And like, just like you live in any other city, like people live in New York, like they have a day-to-day Normal lives, (laughs) and I think that I am on the track to like live a more normal life here, whatever that means. I mean, define normal. Um, normal to me is like I said, community being around people of color, like that's the norm I want to create. I no longer want to be in the norm of like the New York City that people who don't live here are attracted to because it's like, why do I hold myself to a standard of people who don't even look like me? experience New York like me and or like they don't even really know the city um so also interesting to hear locals point of view on this because a lot of local people will um will post about how the transplants are impacting New York what their thoughts on our New York and I love it on TikTok when they respond to videos and like yeah of course that's your thought as someone who's like 28 from Ohio and so I'm also fascinated by that like I know I'm not from here I know it's not my city so I'm also curious um to hear like how the locals are experiencing it and and what they think of the transplants and what they think about the city as it evolves but for me personally I am just focused on curating a space I really love um working with Elaine again to give me another apartment therapy worthy apartment so I promise you I will share all of the photos when that's done. And also I'm going to have her on for an episode because I want to normalize paying someone to help you with your apartment. I know what I like. I have a vision. I have a board. But I do not know where to buy the furniture. I do not know like anything about curtains and shades. And quite frankly, that she's better at it than me. So she's the woman for the job. And we are going to have her on to talk about that because she has helped people curate so many dope spaces in New York. So stay tuned for some time with Elaine. But yeah, I am here in New York City trying to live my best life, curate my new life, meet new friends. I don't want to leave that out. I think it's been crazy because adulthood, everyone says it's so hard to meet new friends. And I mean, I can talk to a wall as I'm talking for 30 minutes alone on a podcast right now. So I have no issue meeting new friends, but it's been Really fun to like have new energy come into my life. Like new friends have new friends that I've met through friends. Um, and also like friends who I typically don't see in New York all the time suddenly live here. So it's been cool to like just have new energy. Friends are starting to date people who I don't know. I'm meeting their friends. Like there's a lot of a newness in the air. So I'm kind of embracing that. I think it's hard when you've lived in a city for a while to not fall into your old patterns. Like These are the neighborhoods I like to go out in. This is where I want to live. This is what our friend group does. And I think a big reason of why I'm really enjoying the city is like, I'm kind of letting go of whatever I was doing before the pandemic. That was a good life. That was a fun life. But a bunch of my friends have left. Um, They've moved. They bought places. They have boyfriends, husbands, fiancés. And like, I don't know. I still want to be here. And so I can't hold on to like what we were doing in 2020 or 2019 and i'm like this is what we're doing now so if you move to a new city or you're trying to have a new pov on your city just claim that you can do whatever you want whatever norms whatever vibes you've been constantly like riding with create new ones make new friends put yourself in new situations move to a new neighborhood if you want do not hold on to norms because you think you should um and that's the whole point of the podcast right So I will leave you with that and I'm excited to give you more New York updates. I cannot wait until my apartment's done. I really can't wait to tell you guys all about that and happy black history month. Um, There actually are going to be some cool stories about black people that I will be sharing this month. So stay tuned for those too. Thank you for listening to another episode of Define Normal. If you like the episode or have any feedback for me, please leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. You can also follow the podcast on Instagram at Define Normal. See you next week.